The Art of the Pivot is brought to you by Signavio. Hi, Mark Jeffries here. You know, one of the remarkable benefits of this most unusual year has been the stories of some impressive strategic partnerships and alliances between companies and industries. And today, we get to explore an exciting new alliance, this time between Signavio and Fortress IQ, with the aim of creating an unmatched end-to-end business transformation solution. To explain all and to reveal the strategy and the plan, I'm excited to welcome Signavio CEO Gero Decker and Fortress IQ CEO Pankaj Chowdhury. Gentlemen, welcome to both of you. Thanks for having us, Mark. So before we get started, uh, could you just do us a favor, share with us a few essential details about you and your organization. Um, Pankaj, I'll, I'll start with you. Thanks. Uh, you know, Fortress IQ is a, a startup based out here in, in San Francisco. We're trying to help uh, organizations to accelerate their, their transformation initiatives. Uh, about three years old and uh, funded by Microsoft, Lightspeed and, uh, and Boltstart. Very nice and welcome. And of course, you are CEO. So this is in many ways your baby, I'm guessing. It is. I'm the, the founder and CEO and uh, trying to, uh, to, to make some magic over here. Fantastic. And I hear that magic is happening. Gero, same question to you. Tell us a bit more about yourself and, of course, Signavio. Yeah, great to be here. Um, Gero, I'm one of the founders and CEO of Signavio. Um, we're a software company headquartered out of Berlin, Germany, but uh, present around the world. And we help mid-sized and large companies understand, improve and transform all of their business processes. All right, so let's dig into what you uh, have done, the partnership that you're proposing. So give me kind of a headline view. What will this partnership help your customers to achieve? What have you identified are the needs and the pain points of those customers that this solution is going to revolutionize? And, and Pankaj, I'll throw it to you first. Well, one of the things that we heard from, from customers as a kind of try to accelerate their, their transformation journeys is that we're having a real problem understanding their current state of, uh, you know, kind of how are we doing it today so that we can then work on improving it for tomorrow. And collecting that the data, uh, accurate data about how work is done was, uh, was a really challenging uh, endeavor. And so what we're doing is leveraging kind of cutting edge AI computer vision and trying to really replicate uh, how a consultant uh, that you might hire to come in and, and help you uh, map out your business processes, we're trying to take that entire thing and move it from a, a very human-driven and uh, kind of hypothesis-driven uh, uh, endeavor into something that's very tech-driven. So, so the idea that we can take computer vision, observe how people are working, and then translate that into your current state documentation. It sounds very powerful if, of course, it's done right, but you can't do it alone. So, Gero, I throw it to you. When you look at this joint venture, this this alliance, what do you see as the benefit for the customers? Yeah, I mean, we both share the vision that we want to give visibility, give people insight in what to do better, right? And But we come from slightly different angles. So, Signavio traditionally has been very strong at bringing people and what they know together to collaborate on what they feel should be improved and could be improved and should work differently in the future. A couple of years ago, we've we started our path also to use data-driven 
approaches to understanding what's going on. What we use when we do process mining, we go and take data from the systems like the SAPs, the Oracles, the Salesforces of the world to reverse engineer how a process works. This is wonderful and gives you a ton of insights, but what sometimes happens is that you have these two things happening in the system, right? There's, there's a document arriving, for instance, and then only six hours later, the next step is being executed. But the data doesn't reveal what is happening in these six hours. Is it touched? What do the agents do, right? What do they spend their time on? And this is where Fortress IQ really appeared like magic to us when we saw it for the first time. Because what they are doing is capturing everything that people do throughout the day. So they, you know, everything that happens on the screen in your SAP system, on your Salesforce system, in your email, in, in your spreadsheets, you can capture that and now much better understand and fill those white spots where other data sources might be incomplete. And by throwing these together, we basically allow process understanding, process discovery without any blind spots because you can observe everything, both from the back end of the system logs, but also the front end of what people do, stitch them together and through that combination, um, derive insights that you wouldn't have before. I mean, just listening to you explain it, it's clear that this is going to give customers a, a much deeper level of insight do you find, Gero, I'll throw this to you as well, that when you explain this possibility, this potential to customers, they're, they're kind of surprised by what's achievable now. And, and, it's, and it's very hard to imagine how that even works, right? Imagine you have a camera set on you or what you do on your screen, and it can auto-detect what you're doing, right? And it can auto-detect the different ways of how you're pursuing something, it, and it can suggest what a better way or what the best way is to do it, right? So there's a lot of magic happening where you would assume there's an intelligent human having the perfect domain knowledge, understanding everything that is going on, being able to match that to past experience and say, you know, in a different company, it worked, it worked better or, or in that way. But what Fortress IQ brings to the table is really a combination of, of unique and very advanced technology to understand what's happening on the screen, but also to relate all of those things that happen over a time sequence of a day or several weeks to be able to, to dig out what is happening and what is good and what is bad. Pankaj, Gero calls it magic. It's obviously outstanding technology. Um, when you created this, were you aware of what it was able as a system to achieve, what it was able to see? And how hard was it to teach the system what to look for? Yeah, it, it was definitely a, a challenge. You know, we've got, you know, when you think about science fiction, they say that, you know, any sufficiently advanced technology should be indistinguishable from magic. Uh, you know, when, when Disney talked about the, the experience that they wanted to deliver to, to people kind of coming into their uh, amusement parks, it was a magical experience. And we actually talk about that Imagineering and, and how we want people to feel when they, when they interact with our software. Taking a look at um, kind of the root of the problem of, of people don't understand their processes because it's so hard to acquire data about an end-to-end -end process. As Guru was pointing out, you know, getting a, a log file is a great way to see what's happening in an individual system. Uh, but we know that people and, and the journey, if you think of it that way, 
occurs across multiple systems, across multiple users, and across multiple companies. And so how do you acquire that data at scale? You know, previously we would have had to have integrated all of these different systems to get that one log file to rule them all. And that in and of itself is a multi-million dollar project. And then quite frankly, it's mostly out of date by the time you complete it because you've upgraded all of your systems. So one of those key insights was the idea of instead of following the data, let's follow the human and, and let's try and replicate the way that humans do this. And so, you know, there, there's different areas of AI that we had to leverage, but one is imitation learning of, of trying to, to really learn how to learn. And, and that was kind of one of the, uh, the really unique things that, that, that we did. When we take a look at the computer vision side of it, um, you know, really trying to figure out how to generalize to any piece of software was an interesting problem because we couldn't train it on just Salesforce or SAP because number one, those systems are constantly being upgraded and, uh, and, and changing. But you know, one of the, the, the really core parts of this problem is within today's global enterprise, there are hundreds and thousands of systems and if you were trying to build something for each one of those systems uniquely, it'd be like playing whack-a-mole, right? They're coming out with a new system and, and you'd have to, to update to, to connect with it. So we took our, our software and said, let's train on kind of this smallest component that we can. So the individual controls, so we understand buttons and list boxes and tabs. We literally train on a million different types of buttons so that we can understand what a button is. And we are able to break it down into that small level so we can understand any type of software. Basically, if a, if a human can see it, our, our software should be able to understand it on a computer screen. That's pretty, that's pretty impressive. I have, before I go back to Gero, I have to ask you a quick follow-up. I mean, this is a system that watches, observes, and, and captures everything the human does. Have you ever had privacy concerns? Has anyone gone, oh gosh, we can't do that within the business? Or have they seen the value? So, you know, we, we have customers um, that, you know, we've had for over, you know, a year now that uh, that saw the value and saw the, the way that they could put controls in to, uh, to make sure that security and privacy were being addressed. But we kind of went one step further. Uh, it's, a, it's very important to me as, a, as the founder and CEO of Fortress IQ that I had this vision for, I want to build a platform that helps people to get the best out of their workday, to help an organization deliver the best outcomes. And in order to do that, I need to reach ubiquity with the platform. So people have to feel very, very comfortable with it. So one of the things that we did is uh, released what, what we call our privacy enhanced gateway. And, and it comes back to, to kind of our core values that if you build a system that has the ability to be misused, you need to build the compensating controls in order so that it's used correctly. And so we released this product, we released it as part of the platform. We're not charging extra for it. And what it does is it actually takes a core component of our technology and pushes it out to the customer's edge. So it runs kind of within their, their environment. And what it's doing is taking each individual control, like I was saying, we understand a field or a list box or a checkbox, and we understand that control and the data within that control and the label of that control. We then remove the data. Um, so we only get blank fields that actually come across. So we're able to really dynamically redact all this information uh, in order to ensure that privacy. And quite frankly, at a level, I think better than a human could do that was standing over your shoulder, right? If you hired a consultant, they're gonna see everything. We can do it better. <laughs> Fantastic. 
This is amazing technology, Gero, and, and I'm fascinated to know how this happened, this, this union, this alliance. How did you guys get together? Because there are so many complementary elements. Yeah, I think we came together the best way you can come together. Uh, we met at joint customers, right, where we had, you know, our software in, in play and Fortress IQ um, technology was was being used. And, and then the customer sees the synergy in how these different technologies should be connected. Right. And um, so this is the, a great basis for us not to just you know, dream up or, or, you know, build an integration in, in, in theory, right? But really take the practical problems that our joint customers have and turn that into a reality so that they get to their insights faster and they can make smarter choices about what they need to change and where they want to go. From, from our perspective, it's actually quite amazing because, you know, a startup is, is an organization looking for product market fit. And here we have customers saying, hey, guys, build this work, work with this company over here and we're going to get a lot of value from it. It's something you, you literally can't you know, wish up. It, 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 it's magic when it when it happens. Lightning striking. That, that really is perfect. You go, sure, we can do that. Now, what's exactly. interesting also yeah. is, is, is how this, this pandemic has affected how companies are, I guess, re-examining their processes and transformations. And, and Gero, I know you have the most incredible connection with your clients, with your customers. Do you feel that the pandemic is almost like a catalyst? People are, are taking this opportunity to transform faster. What are you seeing? Yeah. I mean, the, the, the two things that really impact also the usage of process management and organization is one, the, the wish to build in more operational resilience, to become more um, able to, to change faster and to react to these types of disruptions um, to the business. But then the other one is to reimagine re how the world needs to look like and reinvent how you're working to be prepared for that. Because what, cost what, what, what organizations out there are seeing is customer behavior is going to change forever. Um, the role of digital is, is undeniable now these days, right? With, with being forced to be remote, I mean, now we also talk through technology, right? We're not in the same room right now, and that is the case for most people. Um, plus, we want to remove also the dependency on people. So the willingness to, to use things like robotics and give handover tasks to machines in the public perception has dramatically risen over the last six months because people want to make sure that even if bad things happen, that the most foundational, the most basic things still work. So what this means for, for process and transformation is that these um, initiatives have oftentimes been boosted. Yes, there was a lot of you know, cost cut and everything throughout the business, but the one thing that was typically not touched or even accelerated was digital transformation and automation projects in companies. Without a doubt. And, and Pankaj, I'm going to ask you a follow-on question to Gero's comments there, uh, but I want to praise it by saying that I, I was obviously researching you and I, I looked at your LinkedIn and I did laugh because it says that one of your roles is to prevent Skynet from happening. In other words, <laughs> you know the power of AI, but you want to harness it so the bots don't take over. So crazy question, but what role should humans now be playing in a process that is so clearly moving towards pure automation that in some way has to, and in other ways, of course, it makes perfect business, commercial, and financial sense. So what role should humans be playing? You know, I think it, 
it, it, at its core is that humans should be doing what humans are best at and, and AI or technology should be doing what technology is best at. Uh, you know, if you, if you think about, you know, uh, 15 years ago when, when Excel came out and they said that Excel is going to put accountants out of work, uh, there are more accountants now <laughs> than there ever were. It, it became a tool for them to do more advanced planning and, and to do more scenarios and, and to give better options. I kind of look at that the same way. If you think about a, a call center, right? Um, we know that people are unhappy calling into call centers. Uh, they, they, they have a bad experience with that. We also know that uh, operators are sometimes measured, compensated on their average handling time. How quickly can they get someone off a phone so that they can handle more calls? If you could move some of those inquiries to a, a AI-based system to, to solve those problems, you could then say, you know what? If I move one third of my calls to, to, to a AI system, does that mean I should you know, lay off or remove one third of my workforce? Or should I actually increase the time that I spend with customers by, by a third and solve their problems and actually deliver a better experience? If you were to ask me a couple of years ago, I'd actually would have said, you know what? Every company is a technology company, just give it time, right? The banks are gonna be technology companies, telcos are gonna be technology companies. I actually changed that with the, with the current pandemic. Every company is a user experience company. They have to deliver the best user experience and they have to leverage technology to do that. If you take the iPhone and, and the Android, right? They're both phones. One commands many, many, many more times number of profits in the ecosystem because they deliver a great user experience. So yes, there will be companies that try and leverage technology to just you know improve the bottom line. If you leverage technology to actually improve the user experience, you're going to grow your top line and, and that's going to be a, a much better outcome. And, and I think the, the innovative and forward thinking companies are going to say, how can I leverage this technology to deliver better for my customers and know that that's going to translate into, uh, into shareholder returns. Very wise words. Gero, I saw you nodding there. Do you want to add anything to that answer? I mean, that, that's a topic that is very dear to my heart, right? We talk about customer excellence a lot, right? That customer experience is front and center and is defining the winners from the losers, um, those companies that fall behind. But it needs to be coupled with the right operations behind it, right? Because it's not just about a motivated employee to, to bring forward a great experience, but you need to do that repeatedly, right? And, and you need to do that with speed. So you need to have all of the operational and technological underpinnings below that. So becoming a digital business doesn't mean you're great at using technology. Becoming a digital business means reinventing yourselves through the eyes of the customer. Absolutely. Now, our time is almost up. So very briefly, I'm going to ask each of, each of you what next from this joint solution and from both of your organizations independently. So um, Pankaj, I'll start with you. What's next? What can customers and clients look forward to? Well, uh, they can just they, they can look forward to a, a more easy to use and deeper understanding of their existing workforce, right? If you think about your processes being your DNA, if you can understand your DNA, you can figure out how to fix systemic problems, you can figure out how to, to build for the future. And that's the, the basis that we're, we're trying to build. Fantastic. Thank you. Gero, you get the last word. What's next? I mean, obviously, we're just scratching the surface with, you know, the number of customers that we can help the number of scenarios that we can that we can help with. So, you know, for us, it's going to be very exciting to to 
you know, replicate the success we already had together and bring that to, to, to many, many organizations. But I think what this partnership also shows is that the different notions of process come together in organizations. And that's obviously one of our ambitions to provide that platform that brings together these different insights, these different data sources, so that pe people can really make the smartest de decisions and continuously transform their company to become an even better company for their customers. All right, the journey is ongoing and we are all on it. Gero Decker, Pankos Chowdhury, thank you both very much indeed. The Art of the Pivot is brought to you by Signavio.